Paul said uh, to the church at Galatia, he said that Abraham, the father of the Jewish faith, had the gospel preached unto him. Now that's a head scratcher. How in the world can Abraham have had the gospel preached to him? I mean, he lived 2,500 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So how is it possible that Abraham could have had the gospel preached to him? Well, I want us to look at that this morning and think about it for just a few moments. And what we'll see as we study the book of Genesis, these few chapters here in the book of Genesis, is that Abraham had the gospel preached to him in the life of his son Isaac. And I'll preach a little while this morning on, uh, on the gospel according to Isaac. And let's study the, here in the book of Genesis again this morning and look for Jesus. How many of you believe that you can see Jesus in the book of Genesis? Say amen. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of what the Bible said in John chapter number 5 and verse number 45. Let's flip over there together. John chapter number 5 and at verse number 45, the Bible said this. Do not think that I'll cause, uh, accuse you of the Father. There's one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had ye believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said when Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, he wrote that first five books of the Bible. Jesus said when he wrote about Joseph, he wasn't writing about Joseph, he's writing about me. He said when he wrote about Isaac, he wasn't writing about Isaac, he was writing about me. When he wrote about Abel, he wasn't writing about Abel, he was writing about me. And so Jesus himself said that the writings of Moses were all about him. And Paul said that Abraham was able to see the gospel in his life, that had the gospel preached to him, and he saw that through the life of Isaac. Isaac is a great picture and type of Christ. And I believe as we study the life of Isaac for a few moments here this morning, that you will see with me that we can see the story of the gospel in the life of Isaac. Now I want you to say something to you right here. Listen to me. Plug in right here if you don't own anything else. Listen to me right here. The story of the gospel is the oldest story on the planet. Over there in Genesis chapter number 3, when the serpent had beguiled Eve, God said to the serpent, I'm going to raise up a seed that's going to bruise your head. Some people say that that is the first mention of the gospel. That's the word God come up with the idea of the gospel. But I'm going to tell you what John said when he saw Jesus in heaven in the book of Revelation. He said, I saw a lamb as it had been slain from the foundations of the world. I'm going to tell you this morning that as soon as God said, let there be light over there in the book of Genesis, uh, his son said, I'll go uh, and redeem mankind unto myself. Uh, aren't you glad this morning? It's the oldest story, uh, but it's a life-giving, transforming story. Somebody said, I'd like to be different. Let me tell you how that's done. It's through the transformation of the gospel, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we can see that story woven throughout the entire Bible. I want to think about how we see that in the life of Isaac. Now, we see that there are different, of course, different portions to the gospel. 
One uh, portion of the gospel is the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say to you this morning that I believe that Abraham was able to and his son Isaac see a picture of the coming virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's think about that for just a minute. Now over there in, uh, over there in Genesis chapter number 17, God gives what is known as the Abrahamic covenant. And he makes a promise. Brother Marvin, he said, I'm going to give you and Sarah a son. Everybody knows that story. And that son's name is going to be Isaac. Well, let's think about the birth of Isaac for just a minute and how that that birth is a picture and a foreshadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, can I say to you this morning that Isaac's birth was prophesied beforehand. As a matter of fact, God told told Abraham, he said, you're going to have a son. Abraham being well stricken in years, he laughed, Sarah laughed, everybody laughed. But it wasn't no laughing matter because when God said it, it was going to come to pass. And God prophesied it beforehand. Can I say to you that before Jesus ever cried the first cry in the manger there in Bethlehem's town way back in the book of Isaiah. Back in Isaiah chapter number 9 and verse number 6, Isaiah said there's got a virgin conceived and bring forth a son and the government shall be upon his shoulder and you're going to call his name Emmanuel, wonderful counselor. Before Jesus ever came, there was a promise made. He was a prophesied son. I'm glad to report to you, hey, this Bible is full of over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament pointing toward the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ and his coming at Bethlehem, our Lord and Savior's virgin birth was well prophesied beforehand. I'm glad God ain't making this stuff up as he goes, but God has had a plan from the foundation of the world and it's operating right on time. So it was a prophesied birth and the Lord's birth was a prophesied, as a matter of fact, You'll find those men of the east, they show up at Herod. They said, we have seen his star. We have seen his star and we have come to worship him. Those were men who had studied the prophecies and they had studied the stars. And they said, we know this from the prophecies and from the stars. He has been born and we know that it's going to be in Bethlehem because that's what the Bible said. And that's exactly where he came to. Are you hearing what I'm preaching? We serve a Savior this morning that had a prophesied virgin birth. Just like Isaac's birth was prophesied, there was a prophecy of our Lord and Savior. But then let me say this. It was provided on time. Now, don't you look in Genesis chapter number 17, verse 21. Look what the Bible said there in Genesis chapter number 17, verse 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. At this set time. And so what God said to Abraham is he said, Isaac's coming, but he's not coming at any certain time, but I have set a time. And at this set time, uh, he will come. Galatians 4 and 4 said of Christ, 
And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. You see, Jesus came right on time. How many of you are glad this morning that Jesus is always right on time? He was sent at a particular time. He was sent at a specific time. He was sent at a God-ordained time. He knew exactly when he needed to walk this earth. As a matter of fact, you can study the prophecy of Daniel, and you'll find that Daniel prophesied to the exact day that the Lord would make his triumphant entry on Palm Sunday. I wish you'd study that sometimes. What is the chances that a man that lived 1,500 years before Christ could have prophesied to the exact day that the Lord would come riding the foal of an ass. He prophesied it. You study it out. You can divide up the years. It's on a calendar. You can figure it out for yourself. He prophesied it, Brother Marvin, to the exact day. Now, I want you to think about something. If Daniel had prophesied the Lord's triumphant entry 1,500 years and he'd got it down to the year, Everybody went, wow, that is an awesome prophecy. He prophesied the year. If he'd have got it down to the year and the month, everybody had been like, whoa, that is crazy. He got it down to the year and the month. But what I'm going to tell you is that you can study your Bible and look at the calendar, the Jewish calendar and prophetic calendar, and you can divide it out for yourself and do the math, and what you'll find out is that Daniel's prophecy was exactly right to the day. It was right to the day. He said the Savior was going to come in riding the coat of an ass, and he came in on Palm Sunday exactly on the day that Daniel said it would happen. I'm going to tell you, that's not a coincidence. That's not a happenstance. That's God-ordained. He sent forth his son. His son came at a particular time, and he did that so that you would have to die and go to hell. Nobody in this room has to die and burn in hell. God sent his son, boy I'm about to shout, just at the right time and in the right way to redeem all of mankind. I want you to think about this. He was provided on time and he was provided in a peculiar way. We see that uh, Isaac was born and the Bible said that it had been past the time of women uh, for Sarah. In other words, her womb was dead. There was no chance and impossibility at her age that she would be able to have a child. And yet God is the God of the impossible. And he brought forth a miraculous conception uh, and Isaac was born in a miraculous way. I'm going to tell you something that's overlooked a lot of times in the preaching of the gospel. But it's paramount. And that is that our Lord and Savior was not born like anybody else that's ever been born. I don't believe like the newer versions would say. I don't believe that Mary was just a young woman. I believe she was a virgin. Amen. I still believe in the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe she was a virgin. And that thing that was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. And it had his, he had his father's blood. Amen. I wish sometime you'd read Dr. M.R.D. Hans' book 
book on the chemistry of the blood and it talks about how that there's that blood barrier with the placenta and all those things but this suffice to say that man's sin nature did not pass on to the Lord Jesus Christ what was born of Mary was holy and spotless and without sin like I said last week unable to sin amen I'm glad for the virgin birth somehow over the years we belittled that we pushed that doctrine to the side but I'm going to tell you something if we didn't have a virgin born savior then we don't have a savior he had of a necessity to be virgin born because that's what keeps him from having our sin nature Amen. And we can and Abraham had the gospel preached beforehand to him. He could see that in his son Isaac. A miraculous conception. And so we see that Abraham was able to see the virgin birth in his son Isaac. Not only that, but we can see that Abraham was able to see the vicarious death, in other words, Calvary, in his son Isaac. We think there in Genesis chapter number 22, God comes to Abraham and he says, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, up on Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. Now let me give you something very interesting about Mount Moriah. And I may run and shout. Mount Moriah was located uh, uh, near a place that was known uh, as uh, Ornan's threshing floor. You know why that's important? Uh, because David purchased that threshing floor uh, and the mountain that accompanied it, uh, and he would, and Solomon would later uh, change Mount Moriah into the Temple Mount uh, and would build the temple there on Mount Moriah. You know what my Bible tells me? Uh, my Bible tells me that Jesus was crucified without the camp. Uh, they're just outside the walls of the temple uh, there on the temple mount. Uh, you know what I believe? Uh, I believe quite possibly uh, that the same place uh, where Abraham offered, uh, offered up Isaac on Mount Moriah was the exact same place uh, where Calvary's tree stood uh, and where the Lord Jesus Christ uh, gave himself.